Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Hi, Nikki. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm all fired up. I got new glasses, new peeps. Yep, I can see better. Green and orange. (laughs) It's really nice to be able to see. Uh, Talk about accommodations Mm, and how. Seeing is important. It is important in your ADHD (laughs) journey. um, Just it's not even not even seeing or not seeing. It's being mad about seeing all the time. That's really where it gets you. That's where it got me. That's right. Got some new peeps feeling better. See, I can read the stuff that I'm supposed to read. And that's very exciting. And we are have a great show. I think uh, uh, we have an awesome uh, guest joining us today. Kim To uh, is uh, an Asian ADHD coach in London. And she is going to talk to us about what it means to look for inclusivity in a culture that has limited uh, awareness and understanding of what ADHD is and how it impacts so many people silently. Uh, so but the silent focus problems. That's what they are. It's mm-hmm. when you ignore those focus problems. But uh, before you do that, uh, please head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list right there on the homepage, and you'll get an email each time a new episode is released. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at TakeControlADHD. And if this show has ever touched you, please head over to Patreon.com slash The ADHD Podcast and become a supporting member of this show and this community. Uh, We work hard to bring resources, great resources to you by way of this podcast. Um, And supporting members are voting with a few bucks a month that that what we're doing is useful to them, is valid, is something that that they can use to make their lives better. And we have some stuff coming up uh, over the next couple of months that I think are really exciting. Um, the, The first one I need to talk about text expander and this is not text expander is a sometime sponsor of this show they're our current uh sponsor of the show for the next six months not this episode but i do have an announcement the member workshop this month for february they have donated a trainer from the text expander team named vic and vic is fabulous And Vic is going to join me next Tuesday. Actually, as you are listening to this, it'll be today. We're going to be recording a walkthrough of what Text Expander is, how it can help you personally, and how if you work on a team, it can help you with your team. I mean, Text Expander is 
a mind-blowingly useful tool. You've heard me talk about it before. I use it every single day. It is built into my fingertips at this point. Saves me so much time in working on the computer. And that workshop, it, we're recording next week. It will be our February member workshop. And so if you are a member or if you've ever thought about becoming a member and you want to learn more about Text Expander, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast, join us over there get access to that workshop and you can get access to our member channels in discord and send me questions that you want me to ask Vic about text expander, how it works, problems you'd like to solve using text expander. I use text expander to talk to our members every single week. It's a text expander snippet that does all the time zone calculations. Amazing. Mind blowing. Amazing. Fantastic. So (laughs) that is our February workshop. uh, And so that's coming. And happy hour. I just want to give a shout out to happy hour, which comes to our Supreme members. I just love happy hour so much. I missed it in January, Nikki, and it broke my heart uh, that I was mm-hmm. not able to be there in January. So the, the February happy hour was, was just a couple of weeks ago now um, is it fills my cup just being able to join in on video with a group of people not struggling all the time but just being able to share lives and jokes and laughs and stories Mm -hmm. and and get to know each other a little bit better so that is a a a member benefit but it is absolutely uh it's something i cherish personally so uh, oh me too i wanted to shout that out what do you what what do we have to do news what kind of news do you have for this week you know what no news this (gasps) week no, I had all We're the news. We're going to go straight into Kim. Ugh, yes, goodness. you had all the news. I was. The, let's go I into our interview. Let's do it. Let's let's go yeah. ahead and uh, let's call Kim Toe. Kim Toe is CEO and founder of Flare, a new platform designed to help you access a range of healthcare services to manage your life with ADHD. She joins us today to talk about the tool and her work as an ADHD coach, building a practice around inclusivity and understanding. Kim, welcome to the ADHD podcast. Thanks for having me. Gosh, that sounded so important. I was sitting there going, wow, does this sound like that? I don't feel like I'm doing anything important. But when you say it, it sounds important. It is important. Absolutely. Welcome. It is absolutely important. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Now, you've got a fascinating background, uh, but you are... Uh, you jumped ship from uh, big business and decided, you know what? ADHD coaching is my jam. Yeah, it's a bit crazy. Well, like my background is pretty much, I worked a bit in management consulting and then got a bit bored and went back to school to study development because I thought I was going to work for the UN. And I realized I didn't want to work for the UN. It was very bureaucratic and not meritocratic at all it's just not my sort of vibe and then I decided to pick the next hardest industry which was finance because I thought you know what why not try it it sounds exciting I think at the time you know Brexit was happening and I was like wow you know financial markets is moving I really want to be involved so I just thought it would be an exciting place to be um then after working in finance I guess when pandemic happened, I was basically working from home like everybody else and realized, you know, something's going on. Um, and that along with many other women who, you know, were undiagnosed for a long time, realized that I had ADHD. And so that really shifted a whole sort of mindset and 
a shift in career for me because I thought, well, I really need to lead into what, you know, ADHD is about and what my strengths are. So that's why I jumped ship from finance to ADHD coaching. So but wait a minute, that, you, you, are, you yeah. are a very fresh diagnosis then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically December 2020. No way. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't sound too long ago, but for me, it feels yeah. really long. Well, because, it, it doesn't sound too long ago yeah. in, in hindsight, but as you're living it and learning and realizing, like, what was that like getting that, you know, that that confirmation that, hey, you're living with ADHD? I think it's really shocking. I mean, because I guess first, because I'm Asian and in our culture, we don't talk about neurodiversity. We don't talk about any of these things. So it came as a shock to me because I thought, oh, there's something wrong with me. Like I can't keep a job. I can't keep my, you know, super high paying job, which I worked really hard to get. Like, am I a failure? Mm -hmm. Am I a failure to my family? Like it was really hard. And then the other thing is also obviously the female side, right? Like I thought, oh, it, you know, the more I kind of went online and realized a lot of females um, are undiagnosed statistically, and the more women I started speaking to, I realized that a lot of women were getting diagnosed the same time as me. So it was really shocking. But then, yeah, really shocking. But then, you know, a relief because I always knew I was different and finally had an answer to why and finally found a community. So it's a lot of mixed feelings. How did it come about? What, what made you even think about getting a diagnosis? Yeah, so really it was, again, the pandemic, mm -hmm. because I guess before that I was, you know, doing things like going to the gym three, four times a week, seeing friends, like my life was very stimulated. Mm -hmm. And then when suddenly we had to work from home and I was working, you know, 12 hour days, you know, like the markets were going crazy. I was pretty much working waking up, working, going to sleep. And that was when I became really restless and quite depressed. Um, and I actually got diagnosed with severe depression during that um, phase of time because there was just no stimulation. Like I couldn't leave, you know, leave my flat. Mm. Like if I went to the park, I would get told off because yeah, at that time you couldn't leave unless you were exercising. And mm. so it was just a nightmare situation. And what really kind of prompted me to have a look because I was already diagnosed with dyslexia back at university. And so I Googled, you know, does dyslexia have to do with something with me not paying attention? And that was when I realized that there is a high correlation between dyslexia mm -hmm. and ADHD. And when I read the symptoms, you know, everything just made sense. I want to go back to your family. Uh, you, you dropped, you said the question of, am I a failure to my family? Uh, how'd that hit? really hard like really really hard I mean even now I don't I haven't met barely any Asians who have ADHD um maybe they're not diagnosed maybe not and I can't even talk about these feelings with someone who doesn't come from you know high pressured culture where you know success is a certain way you know you think of it's like the Asian minority myth you know lawyers doctors all that stuff um, and it was just really hard. Like I remember telling my mom, mom, I'm going to leave my finance job. Um, I have something called ADHD. Um, 
And the thing that my mom said to me was, you can't have this. You're too intelligent. No way do you have this. Yeah. And it really bothered me. Yeah. But that's the culture. And, you know, I'm not angry. That's why I trained as an ADHD coach, because I want more visibility in my community about neurodiversity, more acceptance, and just more people, you know, talking about it. And I guess just to make sure like the world knows about ADHD, that it it transcends, you know, gender, culture. And there's so much more when we think about ADHD, because I do think like trauma has a role to play in ADHD. And that's definitely like a theme in my life. Like trauma makes amplifies a lot mm-hmm. of my symptoms. So these are the things that I kind of, that's, you know, that's why I'm striving towards inclusivity and diversity um, in my practice. When you, I mean, are you seeing more and more people with Asian people with ADHD coming to you? Well, actually, I actually found a community online, um, ADHD, sorry, I can't remember the, the Facebook group at the top of my head, but actually all my coaching clients currently have been Asian clients. And I've learned so much from them and um, really grateful that, you know, more Asians are getting the help that they need and coming out and, you know, yeah, trying to learn about ADHD and accepting it. I, I remember coming out to, to coming out to my parents with ADHD and, and it was it, it was an interesting yeah. experience because I did it also as an adult. It's been, you know, almost 20 years, but uh, or it's been over 20 years, but uh but their feeling was, it, it. I think there was probably a dose of no. There's no way you have ADHD because you are X Y Z. But it was very much more. You can't have ADHD because that would imply that I have failed somehow. Uh, I would have noticed. Like I would have known if that were real. And it took a long time to align with the the experience of you know the reason I did these things when I was in junior high and high school is is explainable with the ADHD diagnosis in a way that it is not explainable any other way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel, I, you know, I feel for it because I know that there is, I am sure there is a cultural uh, thing going on there too. And also a parental thing and the weight of both of those elements together on, you know, on your parents on, yeah. you know, it has got to be heavy. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this because I also said to my mom, it's genetics. And I think you might have it because I've seen your struggles. Like I've seen your emotional dysregulation and I can understand it now. Like before I didn't and now I understand it. And I think for my mom in particular to think it's genetics, like to think that she might be responsible. I think that is really hard on her. Um, and yeah, obviously a lot. Yeah. So I don't bring it up anymore, but I, you know, I realized even with dyslexia, I remember telling my friends back at university, oh, I just got diagnosed with dyslexia. I'm going to get extra time on exams. Um, the response was, there's no way you have dyslexia. You're too intelligent. So I do feel like there is this thing where, you know, just lack of awareness that people associate neurodiversity with not being intelligent like I don't know that's my experience of interacting with people I've had several Asian clients in the past with the uh it, it, well in the several years that I've coached and something that that just clicked when you were talking about your background with your family is perfectionism 
has definitely been a key uh, trend or pattern that I'm seeing in all of them, especially in women. Mm. Yeah, uh, I agree. I'm that. curious what you think. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. There is um a, a, like a lot of pressure on females in particular, like for my experience being the first born and being a female, like I had to be the perfect you know, the perfect Asian child, like straight A's, I got going to the best university, I got the best jobs, you know, I got the highest paying salary. That was literally sort of the bar that was set, especially for females, you know, well, for me in particular, I can't talk about female, other female Asians, but perfectionism is, is what the the goalpost is for a lot of Asians. Um, Females in particular, I think, uh, there's a lot more to it because um, in our culture, I guess the, the female, especially if you're the oldest, you look after your siblings. Like I always looked after my siblings. Like my siblings got to explore whatever career they had. But for me, if I came out and said I wanted to be an artist, for example, that would not go down well. So definitely perfectionism. Um, it's also probably like an immigrant sort of um, thing as well, like being first generation you know, the image of success is perfectionism. Um, but yeah, there is a lot going on. Um, definitely perfection, perfectionism is a theme, but another theme that I've noticed with my clients is definitely trauma. So, um, you know, not being, not being able to speak your mind, not being able to be your true self. Like if you, especially with ADHD, you know, you're probably making a lot more I don't know, not, I wouldn't say mistakes, but you're making different decisions, right? Compared to maybe somebody else. And that doesn't go down well. Like I remember being 15 and I had aspired to be a fashion designer when I was young because I just loved making clothes. And when I was, um, I still remember being 10 and cutting up my clothes. And I, I remember my, my dad shouting at me and going, you do not do that. Like, why would you do that? Instead of asking, oh, you know, how come you did that? Like, why did you want it to make it into a crop top? You know, it's very different. So I reflect back and think there's a lot of things that I did, which explains that ADHD can explain, but how my parents reacted was definitely very traumatizing and doesn't really help when you want to lean into who you are, you know? Yeah, totally. I could totally see that. Like the ADHD just like prevents the gate from closing on uh, the application of scissors to perfectly fine clothes. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm just, there is nothing that's going to stop me from turning these clothes into some other clothes. That, yeah, right, I get that. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Nikki. Oh, no worries. So I'm just curious with your coaching, how do you work with clients around the perfectionism and the trauma uh, and some of the things that you're seeing? Yeah. Um, this is quite tricky because definitely for me, a lot of it is 80%, 80% listening and 20%, mm-hmm. you know, asking the tough questions, you know, asking like, mm-hmm. so where does this image of you come from? Like, can you tell me more about your family dynamic? Is it different to how you interact with friends, you know, teachers, family? So it's a very fine line to tread, but I, I think yeah. being able to say, you know, I know what you what you've went through, I can understand that mm-hmm. really helps with those discussions. I think it's really hard as well because I feel like in ADHD coaching, if you ever talk about the past, it's like 
you might be going down the you know the counseling route so being super right. careful to to bring it back to the present and bringing back to okay so we realize this might might come from your childhood how can we kind of move forward what are the next steps mm-hmm. so that sort of approach but to be honest I'm still kind of developing my own way of addressing it it's not mm-hmm. not it, trauma is not something that um so I trained at the IACT so International ADHD Center um actually in the U.S. and trauma wasn't really a big topic in our mm-hmm. training so I, I think it's an area that does need to be a bit more kind of researched or talked about so can't give you a good answer but hopefully that gives a bit of color Oh, absolutely. And it, and it makes sense because when we, when we talk about RSD and we talk about rejection sensitivity dysphoria, you know, that, that is coming from some kind of experience, Mm, some kind Mm -hmm. of trauma that you have felt. And I think that the more research they can do on that too, will help coaches be able to address it in a way that, like you said, isn't therapeutic. Um, But I agree. I think there has to be some history that we need to know you know in order to go forward but not as a therapist where they keep talking about that and processing that you know there is definitely a difference yeah yeah and I think this is really important as more adults get diagnosed with ADHD because you know the conversation between adults and ADHD has only really occurred in the past 10 years right so there is a lot more like my life didn't you know I guess my ADHD journey didn't begin as they got my diagnosis it began when I was Correct. young yeah. so we need to know mm-hmm. like all of that so I'm hoping more and more mm-hmm. discussions and um yeah definitely trauma is definitely where I want to focus on going forward and mm-hmm. talking about but you know I and I, I guess mm-hmm. I, I want to poke mm-hmm. at that a little bit too because I I think there's well, to back up, we we had somebody on the show, uh, Sonal Singh, who is a wonderful human being and coach, and at the time was India's really only licensed mm-hmm. certified ADHD coach. Right. And oh wow, you, okay, right. So you talk about you know the we're talking about the the cultural sort of weight of responsibility that you take on as an Asian person who is taking at least to some degree ownership of teaching people in the culture, in the community, how to talk about and think about ADHD in, and, and the associated, you know, any associated disorders that, that you may be living with in a healthy and, and uh, you know, responsible way. That is really heavy. And I, I, so, you know, we, as soon as we mentioned trauma, you know, we, we've had these conversations before about capital T trauma, which is the major incidents, traumatic, singular events, and small t trauma, the trauma that is the insidious kind of behavioral trauma or bullying or treatment that comes that those that, that add up into traumatic behavior. Like there is that's a that's very much considered a therapeutic experience. Like you need a trauma therapist to go talk about that. And I'm curious your take on how how coaching and therapy is accepted in, you know, from that cultural perspective, like, at what point would you see your parents going to a therapist to talk about anything? (laughs) Yeah, that's probably not happening in my lifetime, unfortunately. And it does pain me to see just because the older generation, there's just so much trauma embedded. Um, I can share that my parents um, were Vietnamese refugees. 
So I know in their DNA and their system, this trauma has just been encoded. And, you know, just to even suggest for them to go, firstly, there isn't even like therapists that can actually speak Vietnamese. There's not a lot. So, you know, more Asians need to train as ADHD coaches, as therapists, as, you know, holistic healers, whatever. Right. But I think, unfortunately, I don't, I don't see that happening with my parents' generation. However, with my generation, um, I'm way more optimistic because of, you know, especially I think the pandemic has just opened up so much conversation about mental health, especially when you talk about therapy and ADHD coaching. I think that is incredibly important because I couldn't do my ADHD coaching journey without dealing with my trauma. Um, and going forward, when I talk about holistic, um, holistic sort of health, I'm talking about, you know, yoga. I'm actually studying to be an acupuncturist because I think there's a lot, you know, that I want to explore with with Chinese medicine when it comes to mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, ADHD and trauma, et cetera. So I think healing can come out. Healing goes, healing comes in many forms, essentially. Um, and for me, yoga has definitely been important for calming my nervous system. Um and there's other ways to heal, you know, outside therapy and ADHD coaching. But I do think for me, therapy and ADHD coaching was like the crucial thing for me to get a good foundation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to surprise, Nikki, I know I'm going to surprise you when I'd say this. I do yoga too. And it's, <laughs> and it's straight dope. I love it so much. Yeah, Once I learned yeah. how to downward dog, I get great calm from the downward dog. You bring me a warrior pose any day. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I'm curious about flair. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So it's, it's come for it's many iterations, but essentially for me, flair was, you know, embracing your uniqueness. And I was mm-hmm. just reflecting on my life. Like, how could I embrace my uniqueness, you know, beyond my ADHD as well, because my life is, I'm just not about my ADHD diagnosis. I'm so much more than that. Right. Beyond that, mm-hmm. it's I for me, I envision it as a plat like a go-to place where you can get that holistic holistic healing and growth, you know, not just medication. I think medication is really important. I take medication, but I remember taking medication and thinking, okay, well, what next? Like I want to grow as a mm-hmm. person with my ADHD. Like where what where else can I go to? And I just didn't know where to start. So I envision it as a place where, you know, people can go to and find that healing journey and growth journey all in one place. Like whether that's art therapist, which knows about ADHD or trauma, mm-hmm. or it's, it's yoga teachers that know about ADHD, because honestly, I cannot attend a yoga class that is more than 45 minutes. It literally needs to be really fast, like 20 minutes in and out sort of thing. So <laughs> right. I like my mindfulness in a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> like really, really intense, you know, not yin yoga, yeah. can't do it. But the point is, is that I would really love it to be a place where practitioners who are offering many different types of healing um, can actually have an awareness of ADHD and actually mm-hmm. offer that and make it more accessible for people like me you know so Mm -hmm. that's how but it's a long journey I think so I would encourage Mm -hmm. any practitioners who are interested to join the movement that's what I'm interested Mm -hmm. in 
I I need to That's I just great. need to hear a little bit more about like what what is it? It's a it is a, like a, a center that you're building, or is it is there an app, or is it a, a online community? So yeah, so I think it, it would be first it has to be organic growth. So orga- so um, online community where you know people are interested in holistic healing as well. Mm-hmm. So. And then the other thing is I'm envisioning it as um, not a marketplace, but there are practitioners who would be on the platform. And mm-hmm. for example, someone who comes comes in there and be like, okay, well, I am interested in, you know, I just got diagnosed. I'm interested in learning more about my body, um, you know, exploring this and exploring that. And we could direct mm-hmm. them to the best services. Because I, I think that doesn't happen when you go to a GP and tell them I have ADHD. They don't. You know, they kind of give yeah, you pills. They don't really, they don't really care like what you want in terms of your journey. So I'm hoping that mm-hmm. would be a place where I can connect you with a practitioner to help you with your journey. You know, sure. Oh, sure, it sounds sure. wonderful. It sounds wonderful. So this is something you're creating. It's not available right now. No, is that correct? Oh yeah, I'm definitely okay. creating. So it's a lot of talking mm-hmm. to people. You know, finding the right practitioners who who want to help people with ADHD, um, mm-hmm. who want to learn more about what it means to to you know yeah to work with people yeah. with ADHD so well what I, mm-hmm. I what I love about it and I mean this in as a the compliment that I might okay. fully <laughs> intended here this is the most ADHD that I I think I have uh seen on this show that you were diagnosed uh, <laughs> under two years ago and that you decided I'm going to start an online clearinghouse of professionals to help other people with ADHD and I'm just going <laughs> to go ahead and do it right now and totally upend my life and, and do this thing. That is that is as pro ADHD a compliment as I can offer. It That's very, very cool. Yeah, pure hyper Super bold. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Right? I can see <laughs> it's so like... so needed. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I love about what you're saying here with Flair and I hope that anybody that, that's listening that wants to be a part of it, we'll reach out to you and we'll make sure that we have all of the information available because it, it is, it's so overwhelming. You know, you can go, like you said, to your GP and they can say, oh, we'll try mindfulness or yeah, yoga, yeah. you know, that might help. But then what, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. where do you, where do you where go? Do you start? So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, and there are yeah. a lot of, of uh, like, you know, we've, we've run into a lot of like holistic healing centers, right? But mm. those healing centers don't focus, don't offer a focus on ADHD. And, yes. and that is a, a piece like ADHD is, is secondary to the, sure, you can get acupuncture and meditation teaching and yoga and all and, and mm-hmm. therapy, but the, the real outward focus on on this is something that that mm-hmm. people with ADHD this is a home for you for your yeah. your healing efforts yeah. is is i think really special but i mm-hmm. also think it places emphasis on practitioners being more aware of ADHD because yeah. i feel like especially i don't know i went to my therapist speaking about ADHD and he didn't really care and i was like this is so important to my dna like yeah. and i've had so many people ask me you know i want to find you know, a therapist that actually knows about ADHD and you realize, you know, these practitioners, they don't even get a text. They don't even get a chapter on ADHD. And so I'm more yeah. interested in practitioners who actually care about our community and want to support our community and invest that time. So I think that's really important. And uh, my, our community needs it. We need more practitioners who are aware of ADHD and how we work and, you know, actually care because we deserve, you know, a well-rounded healing um 
options and services beyond mm-hmm. medita- mm-hmm. Uh, beyond medication and beyond ADHD coaching. ADHD coaching is great, right? But mm-hmm. for me, it didn't help with stuff like, you know, my nervous system being on, you know, full whack all the time. Like I had to, I needed more stuff, you know? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I thought of the idea. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like that's mm, like that's uh, that would be the caption underneath my LinkedIn headshot. Pete Wright, <laughs> nervous system on full whack all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please help. Send right? help. <laughs> help. Yeah. Uh, Kim, uh, you're awesome. Where do you want to send people to learn more about you? Connect with you on LinkedIn. We'll put that. Is that okay? Yeah, definitely LinkedIn. Honestly, I'm such a prolific LinkedIn. LinkedIn person now I have my old employers on it so I just continuously write like I'm like yeah new journey <laughs> this is what I'm up to but yeah definitely LinkedIn um my Instagram for my ADHD coaching is um own your flair so own your flair mm-hmm. um link oh I love that yeah what a great name <laughs> yeah it's awesome um, and that's I write the website too ownyourflare.com yeah right? yeah mm-hmm. yeah definitely and I write a lot on mediums so you can find me on on medium.com as well so yeah well and I assume with zoom you work with clients all over the world yes I do Mm -hmm. I do I'm very excited um so actually most of my clients have been in the U.S. because I think ADHD coaching Mm -hmm. is just more well known there um and it's starting to I mean I'm starting to get British clients but again ADHD coaching is so niche here and it's still up and coming I'm hoping not so much because there's so many people getting diagnosed right now um but my goal really is you know beyond the US and beyond the UK so definitely Asia where you know where I'm from where 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 my Mm -hmm. home is so I really um you know, I'm thinking of ways to do it, such as translating my content into, you know, either Chinese or Vietnamese or other languages. You know, I'm still thinking of ways I can branch out mm-hmm. there because unfortunately I can only speak English. I can speak Vietnamese, but I won't be able to coach in Vietnamese that well. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's a language barrier there. But yeah, all over the world sure. is what I aim for. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we sure appreciate you taking your time at the end of a long London day for I you know. to sit down with us and, uh, and yeah. talk about what you're up to. I'm so sorry I'm late. I would have loved, I mean, London traffic, what can I say? It's an ADHD podcast. Right. No one cares. No one cares if you're late. We're okay. Yeah. We're okay. Yeah. It's uh, nice to so meet thank you, you And you, you too. too. Thank you, you very too. much. Uh, on thank behalf you. of uh, Kim Toe and Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. And we'll see you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm-hmm.